Hi, I'm Eric with Operation Save the Lou. We are hosting an evangelism outreach event, Wake Up STL, on September 17th at O'Fallon Park. We will share the gospel and love of Jesus with people in the community, attempting to reach many who are lost or stuck in a world of crime. Featuring a free concert of local St. Louis Christian hip-hop artists, guest speakers, raffles all day, and barbecue. But we need your help. We are in need of volunteers or donations. Please visit OperationSaveTheLou.com. That is OperationSaveTheLou.com. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. All right. Welcome to Walking Through Christian Fellowship Church Midday Bible Study. We want to thank all those who are listening around the world that have come to study the Word of God with us. We want to thank you in advance to just uh, for being here. For all those who are supportive of Ms. Sandoval, we want to thank you for tuning in also. Uh, and all our listeners around the world, if it wasn't for you, uh, we couldn't do what we're doing. And we hope that you will receive something today that will uplift you, encourage you. And if it's so willing, ask what must I do to be saved. We do line by line and verse by verse. We're in Luke chapter 6. But first we're going to discuss a quick hot topic, not spend a whole bunch of time on it but just discuss the, the, the reality of what we, what's going on in the world. Because we're not uh, of the world, but we are in the world. Amen. And all of us have been in a situation to whereas um, we've experienced some world. I mean, right now I'm looking at everybody in the room, all of us got some miles behind us, amen. <laughs> God has blessed us to be able to know the difference between when we was in the world and, and now, some of us. Okay, and you should know the difference. You should. There should be a clear difference in who you are now compared to who you were in the world when you were in the world. Follow the course of the Prince of the Power of the Air, Ephesians chapter two. Deserving God's wrath. Okay, deserving God's wrath. So with that, if we deserve God's wrath, then we're in a situation where, um, um, now we're saved. We're not going to get God's wrath. But I want to say something about that. We're in the dispensation of grace, and God is not pouring his wrath out on nobody right now. Yeah. Okay? Nobody. Okay? Wrath is destruction. Now, men are still dying, but that's not wrath. Trust me, you don't, you, you don't even want to even get close to God's wrath. Let's put it this way. God poured his wrath out on his son that was due for us, and when he poured it out on his son, he, the whole world went dark. You couldn't even see it. Because the wrath of God is his holiness too. Just like his love, just like his justice, all of that is his holiness. And man can't even phantom the holiness of God in his wrath. You, you can't even phantom that. So, Beyonce, one of the most popular uh, artists in the world, okay, came up in the church. Now she's the most popular secular artist in the world. Some accused her uh, allegedly of being a witch and her husband allegedly being a warlock. And her her songs have gotten racier and racier and she's become, if she's not the most popular person in the world. 
She's so popular that when people go against Beyonce on the internet, she has this group of people, men and women, they're called the Beehive, and they will end up shutting your site down. That's how popular she is. They'll complain about what you put out and put you, and end up, they have to take your stuff down. Now, or if you come against Beyonce, just imagine getting uh, 10,000 emails at one time. That's how much they love her. Now, with this latest song, which now they want to rail against her, the church does, uh, some bishops out of Kojic had put some stuff on the internet on YouTube, and they were, she's made a song called Church Girl, okay? And you guys can look up the lyrics to that. It's a pretty racy song. It talks about you being in church one minute and having sex the next minute, okay? It talks about this, this church girl that's in the club one minute, and she got to get her freak on and all that kind of stuff. Okay, now, now the reason why it's all upsetting is Beyonce used uh, sampling, if y'all know what sampling means. You know how you lock your career commercial and you hear James Brown tune in the commercial? That's called sampling, okay? What she did was sample Twinkie Clark's record in the song, okay? And it's a house music. House music is a dance hall music. So it's a fast beat, dance hall song, that kind of thing. She used Twinkie Clark's uh, sample in it. And that was out because Twinkie Clark is part of the Clark Sheard family. Bishop Sheard is the head of Koji Church right now. And the Clark sister, Twinkie Clark, is part is is one of the I think one of the daughters of of the Clark sisters. So this is religious African American church royalty. Okay, so so now that here's the controversy. Okay, come out. Many if you pull up YouTube, all I got to do is Google Google it on YouTube, and you have all the people coming out for it. People giving their perspective on it, and it's curious because I want to you know just briefly. Be honest. Is Beyonce doing something wrong, or is Beyonce really prophetically and honestly pointing out what's always been true? What you guys think? I'll give my opinion. What you guys think? I'm gonna tell you right up front. I don't follow Beyonce, so I can't follow. I can't. No, I, I mean, I'm not into her, her pointing out that church girls are holes. No. Two church girls. Yeah, or holes too. Yes, they are. Yeah, that they, they ain't got yes, to really. See, this really ain't got to do with Beyonce. Beyonce is telling a story yeah, about a a, a a so called mm -hmm. reality, and the church gets all upset. But I'm like, why? If, if it's a, if it's a lie, that's one thing. But is it is it There's truth for some and maybe a lie for others? That's true. So we so don't it, like to air out our dirty laundry. We all know. Anybody who's been to church, we know what goes on, and we, we keep that to ourselves. So keep that dirty, keep that hid in the dark inside the church church walls, the church hole. And I mean male or female. So don't 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 think I I'm discriminating. But I, I think really what it's coming from is like, well, kind of like yeah, if you are that, it's, it's supposedly nothing to be proud about. She took the shame away. From 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 that thing, you know, if you was in the club and then you turned around and went to church, you so we know, but you're supposed to not be proud about that. Like you're not supposed to let nobody know. Like there's just it's, there's no you at least have a cloak of modesty or something. But with her having a song and calling it out, but praising it at the same time, because people rave over whatever she put out there. So now people think that that's hot stuff. Like 
Like she, it's a form of encouragement. It's a form of praise, and the the bad part is taking the shame away. It's not okay. It's not nothing to be proud of. And, and again, listening to Frida is more important because, and historically speaking, there's always been church prostitutes. Yeah. And a matter of fact, I can send y'all a video where they talked about church pro, uh, priests, uh, uh, temple prostitutes, 568 BC, before Christ. You know what I'm saying? So this is something that's always been, okay? And in the church, personal experience, and some of y'all might not want to own up to it, y'all know who the, who the hoes were in church. Yeah, of course. Okay? <laughs> and, and, the and, and the preachers, too. And the preachers, too. Yes. Okay? And again, I, you know, this is a serious subject, and that's why I'm saying, you know, all Beyonce doing is putting it out there in her, in her genre of music. So why should we get upset? Because it's true. It's been a problem. It will always be a problem. And for the church girl who's not that, I think we need to focus on celebrating them and not over-celebrating these women who, who, who have brought shame to the church, but the church has used them for what they wanted. Okay? The problem, I think, Doc, is not so much of her saying it, and I don't, I don't know what she's saying or where it comes from, just the fact that anyone would say it is, how dare you, yeah, you know, bring this out about the church when you're not in the church? Well, she's, yeah, she's from the church. She's from it. She's, she's from the church, she's... but see, see, my thing is this, because she's not affiliated in the way she used to be when she was a child. See, that's the funny thing about us. You can say she's not in the church now. And we don't know. But the roar was you took a Twinkie Clark, who's a church girl, mm -hmm. supposedly, allegedly, and used her lyrics and her beat in your song and had her sample on it. Now, the, the thing about it is, you know, to sample that song, somebody had to get a what? And something else. What else? A paycheck. So, so... Tween Clark and them got paid. They knew what she was going to do. Okay? So, 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 so let's not beat up Beyonce when you gave her permission, permission and you got paid for it. That's why you don't see them coming out against it. Their response was, allegedly, that, hey, we glad that you did this because Beyonce is one of the most popular people in the world. Okay? I don't have a problem with her coming out with it because... We need to start being transparent about what's going on up in the church house. You know, I, I think it's exposure. I think, like anything else, it's uh, taking, revealing, and exposing. Yeah. You know, instead of just putting things up under the carpet and uh, and behind. I think it's exposure. And you're going to see a lot of that going yeah. in the last days. Yeah. I mean, but you've been seeing a lot of it, especially in the church. There's a lot of mega churches that's closed now. Mm -hmm. Because because of, of of exposure in sexual stuff, not even it's not even financial no more. It's sexual stuff. Hillsong done sexual stuff. Uh, 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 there's another church, a couple of churches done. Willow Creek done. Mega churches. I'm talking about we talking about seven thousand and up done because of the leadership, and it's normally the the men leadership doing this. Okay. Um, and you can't 
See, we we like stuff to be exposed nice, clean, and neat. There's, how can you expose something that's dirty, nice, clean, and neat? But I mean, but that's what we prefer. <laughs> we prefer, you know, you get up before the people and things, you know, like that guy who got up before the, the pastor, I can't think of his name right now, who got up and told his church that he had made some indiscretions 20 years ago. And But then when the lady got up and told the story, no, you raped that woman in your office 20 years ago. He got up and tried to whitewash it. Oh, yeah, I had an indiscretion. I cheated on my wife. And then the, then the husband and the wife said, can we say something? And they let her come up, and she just told the story. Like, you raped me. You was having sex with me. And the only reason it came out, and watch this, the only reason it came out is not because she was willing to tell it. Her brother saw it in their house when they were young. And he had enough, whatever happened 20 years later, because she's in her 40-something now. He brought it to her and said, I saw it. So she'd been carrying around this, this stigma, this shame, but it didn't come to fruition. See, you never know when you plant that seed, how that thing going to come up. And now it came up, and now she's thrown back there Pastor gave her, a, a, you know, back then they were doing the, uh, the chastity rings for, for young girls in, yes, the, yes, in some of these churches. They were doing yes. the chastity rings. He did. So the husband finds out. So all while he was dating her in high school, he, Pastor, having his way with her. And then eventually stopped. But the thing about it is, this is nothing new in church. And all I can say is, God help your church. That's all I can say. I'm not upset with Beyonce. I'm glad everybody, about time we get upset about something and quit sticking our head in the sand and pretending that we're not going to be responsible for what happens inside these four walls we call church and in our personal lives. Okay? God said, whatever's done in the dark is going to come out in the light. But the problem is you can't control how it come out. So you bet you do better telling on yourself and, pay, and, you know, then having the story told. Because God going to tell the story, even if it's through somebody like Beyonce. Okay? And that's all I got to say about that. Because I know people been asking me about it, text me about it, what I think. And I just think it's exposure. There are, just like in any part of society, church is no different. In any organization, like I say, temple, temple prostitution has been going back thousands and thousands and thousands. Matter of fact, the Jews had two words for prostitute. One was a prostitute for the temple, and the other was just a woman on the street. Okay? So, again, this has been going on. Rome, Greco, when you study Greco-Roman history, that's all they did look like they had sex all day long. Bathhouses. Orgies. Yeah, orgies. All that stuff. That comes from that society. But, again, don't think it ain't in church. But what are we supposed? how are we supposed to react as a church when we go to Galatians 6 and 1? Because we're dealing with individuals. We restore such a one. If they if they come and want to repent for it, so so if if the if you know the church whole and she's in church and she wakes up one day and decides to to, to give her life to Christ and redeem herself, don't hold that church hole over her head. Amen. Let her go. Amen. She's been in bondage for however how many years she's been like that. And right now, I know three women. That I noticed like that. <clears throat> that 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 basically they, they go to church, but they are are basically living a double life, a completely double life. And at some level, 
though we all kind of, sort of, we not as holy as we are together as sometimes we are apart. That's true. That's true. You know, that's just, just the reality of it. That's true. You know, that's why we got to pay attention to each other and love each other. So my thing is give grace when grace can be given. Point it out. Let's bring it to light. Now, how do we heal from it? That's all I'm throwing out there. How do we heal from the exposure of the truth that Beyonce brought out? And thank God she was bold enough to do it. Yeah, I'm not a big Beyonce fan, but I ain't mad at her because we need we need to be deal with stuff that's going on in this world, okay? And quit acting like Jesus is going to take care of it. He gave he put us here to take care of it and deal with some stuff. All right. Let's go ahead and pray and get us get started. Oh, Grace Holy Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people continue to watch over this word. It's in Jesus name I pray. Amen. We are in Luke chapter 6 and I am excited because we are rolling through Luke chapter 6. And we, hopefully we might not spend as much time in six as we did in five, but I never know. And again, we thank anybody who's listening. But we've got to the point where Jesus has dealt with Dan, the man with the withered hand. Okay. And we know that this and I gave him that name. That's not his name. It's the man with the withered hand. But I call him Dan, the man with the withered hand. And we know that that was a setup because the Bible tells us uh, in the verses that they wanted to see what Jesus was going to heal on the Sabbath because they saw that Jesus didn't follow the traditions of men as far as washing before then. Mm -hmm. How you doing? All right. Sorry to interrupt. Can I just drop these off? Yeah, just sit right there. Okay. All right. So he saw that, all right? Okay. So, so we have Dan, the man with the head, he's brought in by the Pharisees and the scribes, mm -hmm. and he's a plant to see if Jesus is going to heal. Because Jesus just told him he was Lord over the Sabbath. He explained to them out of their own book how that David shared his uh, uh, shared the showbread with his soldiers when he was on the run from uh, uh, Saul. Okay? So then he said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. That got him going. Remember back earlier, they had came to see him heal, the man that came down in the bed, and they were amazed and they were they were curious at what, what amazing things have we seen. But by this time, Jesus' popularity has blown up. Yes. Okay? His popularity has blown up. Mm -hmm. So he does Dan the man, and then we go into his picking up his apostles. So, so now we see another layer of a difference between a disciple and an apostle. Okay? You can't be an apostle without being a disciple. A disciple is just a student, a learner. An apostle is a one that's going to be sent out by the person of authority to accomplish a mission. All right. So we see a second layer being formed now when Jesus uh, does the apostles. I'm not going to go over that right now. OK, I'm, I'm not going to go over that because it, to do it justice, I would have to go over each and every name and tell you who they are. All right. So we're going to skip down to where we say, Frida, we're going to skip down to 17. He went up to pray. He picked his apostles. And now. He, and again, what I want you to know, we, we, we call this the Sermon on the Mount, but there's, there's only one thing. He came down and spoke it in the plain. He's on level ground. So a lot of scholars think what we read in Luke is different from what we go, what we read in Matthew because it was, he was up on high. Okay, But every preacher has what they call a message in his pocket. And you're going to see similarities between Luke and Matthew. And one of the reasons they think Matthew is more extensive being Matthew that was a tax collector and a businessman, they believe Matthew, first of all, Matthew heard it firsthand. You have to remember, Luke is doing an investigation. So Luke is hearing it through different parties. 
So he might got a piece here, a piece here, but Matthew was there. And Matthew probably could take shorthand. That's what the theory is. Matthew was good at keeping the, 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 the Romans' money, so he had to write stuff down real quick. So he was able to take it verbatim, okay? Luke is doing an investigation. So that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons, okay? So let's go, Frida. And he came down with them and stood on a level place. See? On a level place. That's not up in the mountain. He came down, all right? Now, there's no spirituality in him coming down. He just walked down the hill like me and you. Okay? I heard preachers try to preach coming down stuff. And it's like, no, that hasn't. This is real like he walked down. He didn't float down. He walked down. Go ahead. With a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. So you're talking about probably 20,000 people. Okay, you talking about up the seacoast, you talking about Jerusalem, you talking about Judea, you know, you talking uh, the, the Jewish and Gentile that heard about him. Mm -hmm. His his fame is spreading because remember earlier he had healed everyone all night long. Mm -hmm. So people that were lame, they got carried, were walking back home. Hallelujah. People that couldn't see, they needed somebody to walk with them. Because go and walk home on the path that they've never been on before, yes. that they didn't never see before. Mm -hmm. People who were with demons now can are clear of those demons where they weren't clear before. No more torment. That Even if Jesus said, be quiet, that's going to get out. That's right. You were full of demons. You come home and you're your right mind. I'm going to tell somebody. Amen you were crippled and now you're walking and you're not just walking, you leaping. And see, we got to remember, we think of these miracles. These aren't like, okay, they were crippled and now they limping back on the cane. Uh-uh. They are fully restored. Their whole body is restored to whatever state is perfection. Because Jesus can only heal in perfection. He don't heal half like you know, some of these fake healers do today. If Jesus is going give to you, give you hearing, you can hear Annette going to the bathroom on cotton. <laughs> Yeah, if he gonna do it, you gonna be fully restored. You know, and, and it's not gonna take time. It's not gonna be stages. You know, we see these faith healers, fake healers, they got stages. Yeah. Well, you get this when you're here, you get this when you go home, but then make sure you send my check and then you get your arrest in the mail, okay? That's what we get, all right? That's what we got right now. All right, go ahead. Freestyle over here, I'm sorry. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. They came to hear him and be healed. That's significant. They just not coming for the fish and the loaves. They're coming to hear and be healed. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. They came to hear and be healed. One of the problems in the modern church is you want to get people healed without them hearing. But he said hear and be healed. The word of God. Our word is the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation 
for all those who believe. If you if 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 you want a person to have a chance in anything, the most disease, the disease that kills us all is sin. That's right. And we're offering eternal life. Void of performance based all on belief. Knowing that if you get saved, there are some things that you just won't do no more. Hallelujah. That's all. Think about, Sister Colonel, how much I can relax that knowing if I preach the gospel and somebody gets saved, I ain't got to worry about all that, all that stuff they do. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can watch God take it off of them. Mm -hmm. Little by little. Mm -hmm. Because it depends on their growth and their maturity in the word of God. Mm -hmm. Turn that down because I can get a little hot in here. Turn that. Uh, just turn it down, Carolyn. Just hit the hit the little down button. Hit it like twice or something. What's it set at? 76. Yeah, just take it down like 75. What's the temperature in here? There it go. That's it. It'll come on. 76. What, what's the temperature in here? The big number. There you go. It's on. It's on. Good. All right. So, sorry about that, y'all. But 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 I just want to point out that 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 they came to hear and be healed, both, not just one. But even if they didn't get healed, the hearing would do something for you. You can't meet Jesus as Pastor Purdy said and be the same. No, you can't. Not meet the true Jesus. Amen. Now you can meet some of these other Jesus and still walk out like you came in. False, false teachers going to false Jesuses, and you'll come out the same way. But you just might your pocket might be empty. <laughs> Okay, that's what normally happens, all right? But you know what, Doc, when you mentioned this, and saying came to hear uh, and be healed of their diseases, we just say hear and be healed. We can be healed, be healed without having a, a physical abnormality. Yeah, mm -hmm. our biggest, our biggest, biggest abnormality is sin and the effects of sin. The one that Adam gave us, imputed on us, and the one of our own, okay? The one of Adam is, is lifted in salvation. And the one of our own is lifted in salvation. But we can still fall back on it because there's a war going on inside of us every day where we have to put off the old man and put on Christ and put on the new. That's your choice every day. Every day you wake up, you got a choice to either go back or go forward. That's the only choice you got. And being still, you're going back. You got to move forward with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is progressive. It's progressively turning you into his image. Every day. All right. Go ahead, Free. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. Mm -hmm. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. So power went out from him and healed them all. So this is a little different because Jesus, due to the masses, couldn't go around and talk to each one of them. But if they get close enough to touch him, and power went out to heal them all. The word goes out and to get close to Jesus and the power go out. And he didn't say heal some. He said heal them all. Can you imagine being in a stadium and Jesus is there and there's a multitude of all kind of people, believers and unbelievers, and Jesus comes and heals everybody. Jesus didn't require that they be saved. He was moving in compassion during this time. And if you came and you needed a healing, he, it wasn't a prerequisite that you listened to his word. He gave them the word. They came to hear because we read earlier that when he spoke, it was it was, it was a man of authority. Yes. He had such power and authority when he spoke. He spoke like no other man because he was like no other man. Hallelujah. 
He was not like Moses. He was not like Joshua. He was not like Jeremiah. He was not like Isaiah. He was the one who made them. Amen. They prophesied to him, but he made them. Yes, he what did he say before Abraham was, was I, am. I am. Okay. They didn't know it at the time, but there's this, 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 this crowd. And imagine the same Pharisees that, that are, are seeing, that wanted to see where he would heal and said, we got to figure out what we're going to do with Jesus. Jesus building these people to the point at some, at, at a point, they even get scared to do something to him because the crowd loves Jesus. Now, it always amazes me. How can you be loved by that many people? And still, the people end up crucifying you. I mean, we know spiritually it had to happen, right? We know that. But they didn't know that. It, it was like Jesus doing good. Like the Bible say, don't let your good be evil spoken of. Jesus, if they call him good, evil, evil, good. It, it seems to the pattern is no matter how good you do and how the good people don't stand up. The good people don't stand up. The loud people may be the minority. Think about it. It was probably a minority of Jews, and Jews especially, that wanted to kill Jesus. But the majority of them have been healed, know somebody had been healed. But they don't say nothing. And then when the loudness gets to a fever pitch, they join in with the crowd, with the mob. It might have been 10 people crucifying, crucifying. Then 11, then 12, then 20, then 30. And, I, and we have to believe, due to its popularity, that there had to be some people in that midst that actually got healed by Jesus. How do we as saints of God, why do we be so quiet when we see the evil that's being done? That's just something, you know, if you go, somebody got to answer, tell me, why is, it the, why is it us, the ones who have righteousness on our side, we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have the power of life in us, and yet still, we say the least. Could it be fear? And again, for us, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But it could, that's a possibility. Okay. For, and so for them, I would understand fear. I would understand fear because the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Romans had a grip on them. And they were the leaders. And that's why Jesus kept trying to win them over. Because if they, like Bible said, like people, like priests, if he would have won them over, the people would have followed. But all he did was enrage them. Now, y'all, you answered this question before. Why were they so enraged? Now, he's, he, he's doing miracles. Now, he's doing them on the Sabbath because he's trying to break their understanding of what the Sabbath really is. And we talked about the, all the laws that, that made the Sabbath a burdensome thing versus a freedom thing. Why do you think they really hated Jesus? The Pharisees and the scribes and the priests. He was upsetting what they was used to. They was they mastered the old and they was passing out the old and trying to get everybody to get on his old. And then Jesus come with something new that they think broke rules and he's switching it up and he's not supposed to do that. He just up up upturned their cart. Okay. He upset he upset the status quo. And we read that. In what parable? We just read it. I'm glad I'm glad Frida said that. 
And what? Give me, give me the parable that you know that I said and read it. What is that? No, and he also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put in a fresh wine skin. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires <coughs> new, for he says the old is good. See? The last part. No one who's used to drinking old desires the new because he says the old is good. And again, we identify with that because we know that when we read the Old Testament, it, the old was good. But there's a only problem with what they were drinking in the Old Testament. They were failing royally as a nation. So whatever they was drinking that they got, they got used to and believed they were doing... It formed the, the what we call now the Pharisees who believe they're the gatekeepers of, of the Bible, of the scriptures, the gatekeepers of holiness, and really they are the opposite now. They have, the re only religion God has ordained is Judaism. That's the only religion he's already ever ordained, and they, and they blew it. Because through their history, we should see how they kept trying to practice a religion Versus submitting to God and having a relationship that He wanted with them. Well, the word that you said, practice. Mm -hmm. They yeah. were really following with their heart. They yeah. had head knowledge, yeah. but they had no heart knowledge. Yeah, and think about this: they end up getting they for up to Moses, they didn't have a law. Mm -hmm. they did. But then at Mo, from Moses on, they had the law, mm -hmm. and again, they couldn't keep it. But they always promised to keep it. How many times, Frida, we didn't read in the Old Testament? Some king, somebody, oh, yeah, Lord, we hear you. We'll do whatever you say. Every time. Every time. Every time. Judges, all the way through, we'll do what you say. Even Joshua said, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, but I know that y'all are going to stray away. Okay? Moses goes up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments from God, to, to commune with God and bring them back some good news. He comes down and his own brother, who's a priest, is the, the first priest, mm -hmm. is done made a golden calf because of the old. Mm -hmm. Even though the old was what enslaved them, they only knew the old. Mm -hmm. So we're not in Egypt no more, but let's make a calf like in Egypt. Idols. Let's make an idol because obviously the God who just did all of this must be dead now. <laughs> and his representative is gone and been gone too long. So how quickly we forget. In church, this wasn't written to us, but we it, this whole Bible is written for us so we don't make the same mistakes. Hallelujah. We should never idolize any practice that we do in church. It should not be something that you hold up to God and say, God, I'm following you now because you're doing this. It should not be that at all. Now, do we practice some things in church? Yes. But, but we don't hold it up as, okay, God accept us because we're doing this. Or we got to continue to do this so that to be accepted. Okay? Because if all of our works are like filthy rags, then all of our works are like filthy rags. Any work we do is by faith. But we're saved unto good works, but we don't do good work to get saved. Amen. Because he did the work for us yes, to get saved. And if you decide that's what you need to do, that's what I was talking about earlier. If you decide you need to do these things so God can accept you, you just did away with faith. You did away with the cross. Yeah. You did away with the blood. Yeah. 
You did away with all the sacrifice. If you figure that you got to do something that's called, that you think is a ritual and a sacrifice to be pleasing to God, you wipe out what Jesus did. And what he's done has become null and void to you. Yes. Walking by faith makes you accountable for every step you take. Hallelujah. Because he's, we say, be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But who got to do the stepping? We do. We do. He, he say, order our footsteps. They may be ordered, but you still got to walk. That's right. You know, what is that noise? My phone. Thought I had it off. Um, so, we have to continue to walk this thing out by faith. So, all the countries, all of them went out. Now, what other story do we know where power went out from Jesus? Any, any, what, when we have to issue blood, go to go to Luke. We haven't got there yet. We in six, but we heading towards that way. So think about it. We have this situation with Luke in Luke, where the multitude has come to get healed and heal everyone. Okay. Go to Luke chapter eight, verse forty-three through forty-eight. Read that for you. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. So think about this. This is a woman with a real disease. And Luke is a doctor. So he knows. Okay. He understands of this woman with this disease. This 12-year discharge of blood. Okay. She spent all, not some of her money, all her money on doctors. People who were licensed to heal. She might even went to Dr. Luke. But he did what he knew, and he knew how to do. He couldn't heal her. She's not healed. All her money gone. But guess what? She hearing about somebody. She hearing, she hearing about this man. This man who's a Jew. Who's going around healing folk. And he doesn't require money. He doesn't require anything. Down the street, I got a friend who, who, who just showed up back in chapter 6 in Capernaum and in in, 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 when entire sight was part of that multitude and uh, they had something wrong with them and they come back and they healed. And I asked them who healed them and they tell me, Jesus, but, but, but can he heal me of my situation? And see, that's the thing that, 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 that we have to make people understand. There's nothing that he cannot do Amen. but lie. Amen. And he is considered the great physician. Yes, he is. Okay? So that's why we can cast our cares on him because not that he's going to perform it because we want it, but it doesn't mean that he's not either. Because I'd rather know that you can and you don't than to believe that you can and you can't. Okay? I'd rather wait on him to move than wait on you to move. Because you a clay foot man, woman, just like I am. And unless you take me to the one who can really heal and deliver me, then all I'm doing is you build up a religion to follow you. If I, if I don't paint a picture that you can get to the same God I can get to, that I'm not better than you, and I'm not more of this than you, and that's why all this stuff with, with pastors and in, in, in the five-fold ministry and these people in these offices, very narcissistic, very self-centered. And again, you make it impossible for someone who is down and out, who's a church girl thought, 
to even get to God. Because what you say, I'm telling them 90% of the time is they got to get to God through you. Versus you be in the voice box of God and say, you come all by yourself. I may not like what you've done. I may can't even handle what you do if you begin to tell me. But there's someone who can. Go to Jesus. Who's the finisher of our faith. Go, go to Jesus. Who's the author and finisher of our faith. That means you can have it too. People out there listening. This ain't just for, for me and, and, and the so-called church walls. This for everybody who believes. John tells us we condemn because we don't believe. Mm -hmm. But for those who believe, he gave them the right to become what? The sons and daughters of God. And under this dispensation of grace, whomsoever will can come. Come into this body. And then when you come into the body, you have access to all the heavenly gifts you could possibly need. The key is access. Do you go back to drinking the old wine and the old way to gain the access to what's new? No, you don't put in that passcode. You don't, you don't, you don't put in J-E-W. You put an F-A-I-T-H. And that gives you access to what God has died to give you access for. He, he've already, he's already got it. It's already there for you. But most of us can't access it because we haven't grown in our faith. You haven't even used the light that you have. And the light that you have is not in big, uh, uh, grandiose, pie-in-the-sky things. It's in your everyday life. Yeah. Amen. I, I know some stories I've heard from some people in this, in this body right here. They are blessing people just by talking to them. Hallelujah. I may never meet that person. That person may never door on our door. But you know what? They're getting the teaching that comes out of this place. And they're passing on somebody else. Amen. And God is watching and saying, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. If they ever inquire to come here, fine, invite them. But don't make that thing of, you need to come to church. <laughs> they need to get saved. And if and if you if you are walking upright before them, they're gonna want to come where you go. Yes. <laughs> they're gonna want to come. They're gonna automatically. I want to go meet you. Go. Cause guess what you just done? They're your disciple. Mm -hmm. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Same thing they do for you. Follow you as you follow Jesus. They become your disciple. They start coming to you all the time. You better disciple them. So that means you got to keep learning to give them some more. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You can't keep giving them what you drank on 10 years ago. That might have got them in the door, but what you going to do now? They may have an issue with men. They may be abused by men. They may not trust men. You may be the only thing that they, the way they got to relate to God, okay? Until the God shows them a man that's not going to take advantage of them. So do you abandon them because you're not growing? No. You better start growing. Amen. Go ahead. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. So the power went out and immediately the discharge of her blood ceased. Read. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. For I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people 
why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. See? God, okay, and I want you to understand this. What Jesus is conveying to her is that your ability to decide to come to God and push through a crowd of people with your sickness and you believed what you had heard that if you could just get close enough to touch me that you shall be healed. The power went out not because she had faith. Her power went out because God is good to the faithful. Her faithfulness to decide to come to God is what healed her. God says that he honors those who are faithful and he resists those who are proud, right? And if he resists the proud, proud would be, he need to come to me. Or proud could be, I'll sit here and wait till he passes. But he may make a left. Are you willing to get up? Are you willing? And there were so many people that 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 Jesus. Think about it. there was other people pressing up against Jesus. She wasn't the only one. But at that time, God solidly decided to make her the one. Just because that's what he wanted to make her story a testimony. And if you notice, some of these women that are great in the word of God, they got they got no name on it. You know why they don't have a name? Because it could be any woman in this room. The woman at the well, look at it, the woman at the well, the woman with the discharge of blood, the woman called in adultery, no names. That's why I'm telling y'all, women, y'all are special. Because what I read is y'all as women in the scripture dealing with Jesus was more faithful and trusting in him than all the men, even including the apostles. They had to catch up to where Mary and Martha and Mary Magdalene was in faith. And they didn't get that until they had that Pentecost. Because, we, because it didn't happen the way they went. Remember, you, we're going to read. He told them stuff and they didn't understand he told them stuff and told them, you won't understand until I go. He told them stuff and Peter said, you ain't going nowhere. And that's when, when God had to rebuke him and say, get behind me, say, you acting like Satan. You trying to stop what I done told you God won't. But God didn't throw Peter away. Peter's still drinking out the old bucket. But these women who are not citizens, who are not human in that society, be it, be it Jew or Gentile, or seeking out somebody to relieve them. And they're willing to humble themselves. And it's interesting. The first woman, first person he told to, to who he was. Was the woman at the well. And she tried to debate him. Like you women do. Amen. But she acquiesced to a man. Who told her everything that she had ever done. Good, bad, and indifferent. 
But you notice one thing. He never judged these women. No, he didn't. No, he, he appreciated their honesty. Because this woman, who had heard about Jesus, had come to Jesus. And guess what she did? He said, power went out. Here come Peter. Hey, man, what? <laughs> Look at all these people. Man, everybody brushing up against you. We walking in a crowd. Remember back there at the, the, at, at the three chapters ago? There was a big crowd. People pressing up against you then. Remember, it got so bad that one time you wouldn't preach, you, we had to set you out on a boat so you can be heard so the people won't press against you. That's what we had to do. But that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. These women just came. This woman just came and did what she had to do. Against all odds to the point that it, 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 it went out from her. Right? Yeah. And the crowd opened up somehow or another where she she was really she was willing to take her miracle and go home. But somehow or another the crowd opened up and there she was. And she couldn't hide herself no more. And in front of everybody, she gave a testimony. She said, when I touched him, not y'all, I've been bumping up against y'all to get to him. But once I got to him, through the crowd of y'all, through the distractions, you know, just make it real. Like going, going down to the stadium and you're going into the stadium. You got all them people going all different directions. You're trying to get to your assigned seat. You got, you got all kinds of distractions going on. You got somebody selling this. You got somebody doing that. Somebody bumping into you here. Somebody bumping into you there. You got, you keep your, 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 your bite, your stuff close to you. You know, you're trying to walk up the steps, all kinds of distractions. But she didn't let the distractions stop her from getting where she needed to be. To what she believed would take care of her illness. And same thing we need to keep telling people. We know of a God that you just need to get to. Mm -hmm. And better yet, he came down to earth to get to you. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, all he requires is that you believe in what he did for you. No, he's not physically here to where you could touch his garment. But the message that he left is those who believe can be saved. Those who believe you still can be healed. Is healing physically of the, of the sin of the body guaranteed? No. But the saving of the soul is guaranteed. And all of us and some of us in this room have issues and sometimes we see in the new dispensation with Paul we see that he had an issue mm -hmm. but Jesus said my grace is more than enough mm -hmm. why because even though we are perishing our spirit is growing we can endure some things so when I understand the ramifications of greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world I understand that even though my body be perishing, my spirit is growing, and now I'm learning how to relinquish this flesh to the spirit. Hallelujah. I want to relinquish, relinquish this flesh to, my, to the spirit of God that's in me. And, it, and, and part of that is studying his word, 
part to understand the spirit because he said my word is spirit. So for us to understand what we have in us, we have to study where it came from. And that's why we have Bible study. And then we have Bible study to reflect what we do and live out there. And then on Sunday, it's supposed to reflect what we've learned and what we've done out there to come to church to rejuvenate ourselves by fellowship with one another and laying our burdens and our successes of how we're moving in Christ out there. So that's why prayer line is like testimony. Say whatever. Say what's in your heart that God has done for you or lay the problem on the, on the callers because we should be able to bear each other's burdens because we're willing to carry our own, our own cross, but I'm willing to carry yours too. And if everybody carry everybody else's cross, the burden will be light. If 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 my cross if my cross is 50 pounds and Sister Carolyn was willing to carry 25, and then you carry 10 of it, and that's also an all around to get back to me, it's almost as if I'm not carrying a cross. But yeah, I'm carrying a cross. Because she's got a 50-pound cross, and it goes back around this way. And you got it keep going around. So through all of us walking together in unity, we can help people push through. So no, they can't get to the him, but they can get to us. Who carry the word of life in our mouths. Who carries the faith that can heal in our mouths. Who carries the peace that surpasses all understanding in our character, in our mouth every day. And the more we, the longer we live, the more of that should be coming out of us. Where when we speak, it's the Holy Spirit speaking, not in these church and these words, but in kindness and caring. Because we do justice, we love mercy. And we love mercy because mercy has been given to us. We love grace because grace has been given to us. We love God because we've all been, male and female, the woman with the issues. We've all been there. And when you women tap into your superpower of what God has shown me through scripture, you don't need a title at all. Hallelujah. You don't need a title. Ministers enough. You don't need to be, be all that stuff. Now, I'm not getting ready to get into debate about this. But I'm looking at the scripture, all these women getting blessed, and I don't know that they don't even have a name. God is God didn't give them a name. Because the only person you know your name is one person. Jesus. It's Jesus. Amen. And as we go out and preach and teach, I don't need a, I don't need a, a, a I don't need a whole big, I don't need to be famous celebrity preacher. I want to be God's preacher. And God says, if one soul is saved by this ministry, all heaven rejoices. So let's pray. Oh, Grace Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Lord, let us come to the foot of Jesus, the resurrected Christ. Lord, teach us how to walk in the power of the resurrection. That power that can save. That power to give us peace. That power that surpasses all understanding. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you, consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed, and appreciated. If you do not have a place of worship, 
please consider Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church your home. We are safe place to worship, supporting the edification of the body with all of its gifts. Sound biblical teaching is at the center of our worship as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sharing the fruit of the Spirit and moving forward in faith through serving our community is our privilege and pleasure.